Welcome to Freedom to Choose, brought to you by Just As I Am Ministries, giving hope to people caught in the devastation of addiction. In their series, Questions from Prison, Rich and Susan Kallenberg share 14 messages they teach to prisoners and answer their questions from within the walls of captivity. Rich and Susan Kallenberg are a husband and wife team who found freedom 18 years ago from their out-of-control lives of drug addiction and alcoholism. Break free from the chains that may bind you or your loved ones. Now here's Rich and Susan on Freedom to Choose. Hello everyone, my name is Rich Kallenberg. And my name is Susan Kallenberg. Susan, you look excited, what's up? I am excited. We're here to talk about um, a new phase of our ministry that started uh, just about a year ago. Uh, I was invited, um, let's see, in March of 2013 to go and participate at a a brand new facility, the Folsom Women's Facility in Folsom. Oh, is that part of Folsom Prison? It's part of Folsom Prison, but it's a new women's facility Uh there. And what what do they do there? Um, It's a reentry program. So in order to uh, be able to be transferred to Folsom Women's Facility, you need to have less than five years left on your sentence. You need to have a clean record as far as your behavior and your willingness to change your life. So they get to go into this prison and have an opportunity to be helped to not to come back again. Right. In other words, let's go in and let's, let's make a plan so that we don't uh, we don't end up back in here. Correct, and they have a lot of faith-based uh, programs to help them. They have secular programs so they can get their GED. They can get training on computers. Uh, forklift uh, certification is one of the things that the girls really are excited about when they get that that uh, completed as well. Do you see them taking advantage of this and and really heading forward and, and making good use of, of, of what's going on in there? I do. Uh, the women that we um, come in contact with every, every Saturday afternoon uh, definitely are looking for a way out. Uh, they've they come from all different walks of life, and a lot of times they come in and, and they're still at a point of hopelessness, not knowing how to go out and have a different life. I think that's the exciting part about being a part of this is is um, seeing an actual change come over people when they look hopeless, and the next thing you know, um, the next time they come in, they're not hopeless. And, and Something happens. Well, you know what I believe the key is, is that we uplift a savior that is so irresistible and he has demonstrated throughout the bible how good he is and how he's able to recreate us and um that change begins to happen in them and so they they recognize that it's not dependent upon who they are but it's all always dependent upon who he is and how good he is you know there was a home we called once we wanted to get a, a, a girl into one of those homes and and we said, do, do you teach addiction recovery here? And they said, no, we show them Jesus, and Jesus takes care of that. Right. And that's kind of it. He, he is a recovery program. Right. He gives you the power that you need, the strength that you need to overcome. And that's, to make different choices. Make better choices. Right. Uh, what are we doing in there? Are, what are we doing in regards to uh, what are we teaching them? What are we going through? Are we going through a book? I'm acting like I don't know. Here. I know. <laughs> well, we go, we, we've gone through, twice we've gone through our own workbook, The Clean Seven Steps to Freedom. 
uh, they get a certificate and a, a chrono that goes in their file saying that they've completed, that they have attended. And now we just started a brand new book called Steps to Christ Recovery Edition. And that is a book that uh, is also based on on who the, um, what the solution is to addiction. Solution to the, the problem. Yeah. Correct. Okay. Well, how do you get this book in case somebody does want to get a hold of the book? If you'd like a copy of this book, you can call us at 916-645-1297. That number again is 916-645-1297. That's, that's Steps to Christ Recovery Edition. Correct. Okay. okay, hey, before we get started and get too deep into it here, uh, could you open with a word of prayer for us, Susan? Yes. Our loving Father in heaven, we're so grateful that um, you provide answers that each and every one of us need. And right now we pray for your Holy Spirit that you would impress our minds and and those that are listening that we can get a clearer picture of who you are and what you desire for each one of our lives. And we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So what does it mean to be in prison? Or are we all there in a sense? Hmm. Or is a prisoner only someone who's behind prison walls? That's the question. And the questions that continually come up, ones that we like to ask when we go in there, is uh, several, but mainly, do you believe you have a good connection with God? Mm -hmm. It's one of the big ones. Mm -hmm. Are you thinking the right thoughts? Mm Mm-hmm. You know, because if you're thinking angry thoughts, you're teaching your brain to become an angry brain. If you're mm-hmm. thinking jealous thoughts, you're teaching your brain to become a jealous brain. And so if you're thinking good thoughts and uplifting thoughts, thoughts about Jesus and those types of things, you're teaching your brain to become a different brain. Mm-hmm. You're teaching your brain to start to love different things. Mm-hmm. And that's the transformation that Jesus wants to perform in you. And one of the big ones, are you harder on yourself than you ought to be? Because uh, I know with you and I, especially me, it's dangerous to go up inside my head by yourself. Don't ever go Mm -hmm. there by yourself. I got a whole trailer court up there that likes to talk to me, and they tell me that I'm no good. Mm. They tell me that I'm ugly, a terrible person, and all these things. And intellectually, I know I'm not, but if I think about my past and I dwell upon my past and the things that I've done, uh, I can convince myself that, of some really bad things. Right. I, th- I think that uh, the longer that we go in and the longer that we're able to minister to these women, they minister to us as well. So the questions that we ask them are actually questions that we ask ourselves. Mm-hmm. Because even though we may not be locked behind a cell wall like they are in this facility, um, all of us you know, can, can be in a prison of our own making. You and so, believe it. so that's why Jesus says, you know, if you know the truth, the truth will set you free. And and he wasn't talking to people so much in prison as it was people who were free on the outside, but in prison within their own mind. Yeah, I think the religious leaders of the day did not understand that they were in prison. They right. were in bondage to their own rules, their, the God of their own making, right. and they weren't free. Right. And they could not comprehend how Jesus could walk around and be so free. Right. And yet, be so perfect at the same time, and they and they so he didn't look perfect to them. He it just just didn't register to them. Right. When you hit rock bottom, you will discover that you are deeply loved. That is the gospel. Nothing chases the devil away any faster 
than the fact that when you finally understand, you finally learn that there is nothing that you can do to earn God's love. He loves you unconditionally. The devil doesn't want you to think that. He wants you to think that you got to run around and do this, that, and the other thing to earn God's favor or to change his mind about you. Right. God loves the guy crawling out from underneath the car at two in the morning just as much as he loves you and me right now, clean and sober. Right. We have to understand that God's love is unfailing. Um, the beginning of the Bible is man with God in a garden. The back of the Bible is man with God in heaven. All through the middle of the Bible is man running from God and God chasing after man. And it's really, if you look at the Bible in that sense, that God has done everything he can. I mean, look at the people that who's, whose lives he's swept up the broken glass. King David mm -hmm. swept up the broken glass, adultery, murder. You know what, King? I believe you. Write about it. Write about it and we'll put it in the Bible. Mm -hmm. What kind of a God would take a murderer and tell him to write in the Bible? Mm-hmm. That's forgiveness. Yes. That's God chasing after man and saying, look, you're mine. Mm -hmm. There's nothing you can do to change that. You know, we all have a relationship with God. Even atheists do. But it's a terrible relationship with him. Right. You know? And I think that God just wants to have a good relationship with us. And that's what he longs for. That's why he created us. You know? Um, Susan? Mm-hmm. I'm going to put you on the spot. Okay. You don't have to answer if you don't want to. When was your rock bottom? When was the last rock bottom? The you last mean? rock bottom. Okay, the last rock bottom was probably when I was sitting in jail and, uh, you know, I got in there and I was probably 20 or 25 pounds lighter than what I am today and I'm, I'm not too heavy today. So I was pretty thin and my hair was falling out and my teeth were falling out and I had scabs all over my body. And um, I knew that I was going to die. I, ju I just knew that I wasn't going to live anymore. And uh, someone asked me, why do I keep doing that? And I said, I don't know any other way. That's how I had lived my life for the past 25 years. And she prayed with me. And, I, and from that point on, I, I just started to become a different person. What do you think, um, when you look into the girl's eyes over the prison and you see, and the, and the light comes on that they say, there is another way. Because that's kind of, right. what, when you boil it all down, when you boil it all down, the, and when, when they're saying, you know, I just, I, I don't know anything to do other than what I already do. Right. And they finally see that there is another way. And they see you especially standing up there after 25 years of drug abuse. Now you're 18 years clean and sober. You've gone through a lot of things that they've gone through, the abuse and all kinds of stuff. And they identify with you and they say, wow, she has a life that I thought I could never have for myself. Maybe there is hope. Right, because see, Satan convinces, convinces all of us that what we have done is unforgivable or we have to hide who we are from God because God already knows everything. But we think we, we have this master deception. That, and, and I think a lot of times... The worst, the things that we do, we we do more just to hide who we are as people, and so to be able to to communicate to them that I know everything that they've done because I've done it, yeah, ten times over, and that you can actually walk into a room now with your head held high, with dignity, look in the mirror and be okay with yourself, 
And I think that maybe right now in their situation, that might be what they're longing for the most, right. to be okay with themselves. Mm-hmm. And you can see a lot of them are now. Right. A lot of them are. Right. And it's, 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 I don't want to say it's fun to watch. It's, it's, it, it's so exciting to watch. It's doing more for your recovery and my recovery than anything that we have ever done in and, our lives. And, and I think one of the main things is that, yes, you can't, you, God wants to recreate you and your mind to the point where you are no longer that old creature, that that old creature is done away with, and you're a new creature in Christ, and he can make all things new. Mm-hmm. Everything, Everything. All, thing, all things new. And so that's one of the best things is to tell them that they'll be able to walk out of here with their head held high. Yep. Yep. And I think everybody wants that. You know, and one of the, we do ask, you know, what, when is your rock bottom? When was it? A lot of them say when I, when I lost my child, when I lost my children, when they took my right. children yes. away from me. Mm-hmm. And, and so, so, and you, you know, most of them will say that with tears in their eye. I mean, you, you, this goes really deep, mm-hmm. you know, and there is a lot of baggage that one carries around when they live a life of addiction or, or anything like that. And it's hard to live with that baggage. And there's only one person that can take that, that garbage away and, and, and say, you know what, I still love you. You're okay. Right. Let's, let's walk together from here on out. And definitely, even for us, we, we know it's a process, you know, things... Yep. It doesn't happen overnight. It, doesn't ha- it happens in God's time. Right. Because he's working on stuff that you don't even know he's working on. Right. You can't identify it. You know, our way didn't work. That's what got me into 25 years of drug addiction. My way didn't work. So I have to wait on the Lord and let him fix what he wants to fix when he needs to fix it. And most of the time, when, when I'm driving down the road crying my eyes out and I don't know why, I just am and I, don't, I just, just don't know why. It's because God's fixing something, mm-hmm. and and eventually, I, I, it, you know, we're going to find out and, what it is. Right, and what he's saying is, is don't fight it anymore. No, bring all of your burdens and your worries to me because I know them. I know who you are, and I know who I want you to be. Yep. And 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 it's a cooperation. You know, he's not going to come and force his way in. It's a cooperation, and so we partner with him. But see, the the hardest part about an addict is is he wants what he wants, and he wants it now. And he just all of a sudden he decides he wants to get clean and sober, so he wants to flip a switch. Okay, let's flip that switch. I, I've decided to get clean and sober. It doesn't work that way. It took a long time for us to mess ourselves up. Recovery is just that, and and that's another thing. Uh, why we call it recovery? It doesn't matter whether you're a drug addict or you have a gossip problem. You still have scar tissue from that behavior right. between your ears, mm-hmm. and even though God sets you right and you no longer do that behavior, you still have the memories and the scar tissue you have to deal with from that behavior. Right, because um, the Bible talks about sin, and sin is more than just an action or a do or a don't. Sin is actually something, like you said, it comes in, and and when we do things that are not right, it changes who we are as people. The guy that goes in the bar comes out a different person. Right. Every time. Every time. The guy that commits adultery comes out of that bedroom a different person than when he went in. Correct. It changes you. Sin happens in people, and it changes people, and that God came to set us right. He he came to bring us salvation. Bring us salvation. That healing. That healing. Yes. Okay, so... um, Yeah, so God has an ability to draw our hearts to him in a million different ways. One of the greatest ways is through... Um, nature and um, relationships. That's the part I like about the book as it goes through yes. this this um, 
how God draws us to. I mean, can you imagine right now Jesus walking through the door with a little kitten and says, I've created this for you. This is what I like. Do you like it too? You know, or a little baby raccoon. These are the things that I like. Do you like them too? Mm-hmm. You know, because that's what he, he created them for us, but he likes them too. Right. It's what God likes. Right. Everything was perfect, very good right. when he created this planet. And all those animals, he had Adam named because he put him in charge of them. Right. But it's part of what God likes. And so every time we see those types of things, cats, raccoons, I, I just, you know, we got little raccoons that uh, climb up on our back window and look in when the cat, <laughs> when the cat food bowl's empty and, you know, and they're so cute, even though you don't want to get in a fight with them. They're very cute. Yes. Um, what else? How about how about our donkeys? What do you, what do you see in nature with our donkeys that uh, that show you that God is active? Because we have uh, well, it borders on the ridiculous, but we have uh, how many? Eleven. Eleven. Eleven miniature donkeys. Miniatures. Miniatures. Yeah, little bitty. They're about thirty-two inches tall. We love them to death. But we had five of them. Six. No, six. Five of them were born this year, though. Oh yes. Yes. Five babies. Tell us about it, because you're the. I went back to bed. You're the one that went out there and watched the miracle. Well, and this is. I mean, this is what. I, I'm. God is active everywhere, right. and these types of things. Just I look up to the heavens and I went. I, I just go. I, this is way too much for me. Well, know? I don't. We we weren't sure quite what to expect. The first baby was born in the day, and so we kind of saw it after it was born, but. Uh, a couple of weeks later, no, I guess it was about three, four weeks later, in the middle of the night, all this brain started and it literally jolted us out of bed because it was so loud and we grabbed the flashlight and ran out and lo and behold, there was a brand new baby. And uh, the vet said, there's three things to watch for. You got to make sure that they're walking, standing and walking within one hour. They need to be eating uh, within the second hour and then the third hour, all the birth process has to be taken care of by the, the mother and everything has to be cleaned up. And, uh, you know, there were a couple of close calls with a couple of them. And I mean, they born, don't look like they can no, stand up. No, they're they're pretty weak, it seems, when they first Very are born. Very weak. And then you're root. How do they find the udder? How do they? Right. I mean, I don't <laughs> understand that. And you're rooting for them and you want to just grab their nose and go stick it over there. And you say no? No, the mama very gently works with it. And, yeah, you know, sometimes she backs watch. away, and then but yeah. she knows what she's doing. So, yeah, but see, and beside, you know, the the sad part about it really is, is, in spite of all this evidence, you know, in spite of all the beautiful gifts, the animals, the nature, the kind people, Satan confuses our minds so that we misunderstand God's heart. And many people are just simply afraid of God. They're just simply afraid of, of God. And even, even sadder is they know they shouldn't be. Mm-hmm. You know, like that feral cat that came to the back door. We've been kind of nurturing a feral cat that come to the back door. And, and he wants to be petted. He wants to be loved. But he's afraid of us. Mm-hmm. And we can't get near him. I think that's the way it is with God. God just just wants us to come to him, and there we do. We just, we're afraid of him. Right. And we don't know why. Because I think one of the things is Satan wants us to see God as cruel, demanding, maybe someone who's just waiting to catch us doing something wrong so he can punish us. And, you know, if you ask a parent, do you run around 
looking for your child to do something wrong so you can punish them? No. As parents, we don't do that. So I don't know why we lay that attribute on God. Right, because it was Jesus who stepped into the world to show us who, what God's love was like. It's a deeper love than we've ever known or could possibly imagine. God loves us more than life itself, and he, God, delights to forgive us and to heal That's us. That's right. Um, and you know one thing I, I, I firmly believe, especially if you read the book of John, that Jesus came primarily to clear up those misconceptions about God, you know? And I think that's why the Pharisees didn't embrace him, because mm-hmm. he came to clear those misconceptions up, mm-hmm. to show what the... Remember, he said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Right. So he came to clear it all up, and they didn't like what they saw. Um, and and I think as Christians, as as believers, that too needs to be our job. If we're truly Christians, we're going to do the work that Jesus did, and, and he came to show who the Father was. So it, it's that, you know, if we keep that in mind, um, we need to demonstrate to people that we come in contact with what the Father's heart is really like. Yep. And, you know, one thing, to the carnal mind, nothing made sense to Jesus. Um, no, I'm sorry, nothing made sense that Jesus did uh, to the carnal mind. Mm-hmm. And so if you, and, and, you know, I've been reading the book of John a lot more lately, and and I noticed one thing very interesting, and I think this kind of encapsulates his ministry. Mm-hmm. And um, in John chapter 3, he's talking to Nicodemus. And in John chapter 4, he's talking to the Samaritan woman. Mm-hmm. And right smack dab in the middle is John three sixteen. And look at the contrast between Nicodemus and the Samaritan woman. Nicodemus was a man. She was a woman. That's obvious. What else? He came at midnight. She came at noon. Nicodemus was rich. She was poor. How do we know she was poor? She was carrying her own water. Nicodemus was popular. And if you read all the old um, documentary, documentaries in history, Nicodemus was very popular. There was a lot written about him. She was an outcast. How do we know she was an outcast? She was there at noon. To draw her water. To draw her water, Mm -hmm. the hottest part of the day. All the other girls went at 9 o'clock in the morning when it was cool. Nicodemus had a name. We don't know her name. We'll call her Sam. Okay? Nicodemus was educated. She had no education. How do we know that? Women didn't get education in those days. Nicodemus was slow to learn. Sam was fast to learn. Nicodemus was embarrassed to see Jesus. The Samaritan woman told everyone she knew as soon as she saw him. Between the bookends, between those two people, John 3.16. God so loved the world that he gave his only son. He gave him not only to live among us, to take responsibility for our sins, and to die our death, but God literally gave Jesus to us. He gave it to the rich, famous, or the outcast, no name. Right. To the educated man, or the uneducated woman. The whole spectrum of humanity is covered. Whosoever. Whosoever. 
And I think that chases the devil away more than anything else that God does, is if we can finally understand that he came for everyone, and he loves everyone, and he doesn't want anybody to be lost, but for some reason, there's these misconceptions about him that somehow we've got to be good in order to come to him. We've got to, we've got to do something before we come to him. Right. No, he loves you just the way you are just the way you well are. that's the name of our ministry just as i am ministries and it's because we firmly believe that jesus accepts us just as we are but then he if we cooperate with him um he performs a miracle as 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 a as a as a unit together and then we become the ideal that he has always desired for us you don't take this the wrong way okay but our marriage is like that it's a miracle <laughs> <laughs> no we get together uh-huh. And get married. Uh-huh. And every day I love Susan more and more. Aww. Every The more I know her, the more I trust her. Aww. And the more we interact better and better together. And I think God just longs for that with his people. Mm-hmm. He just longs for his creation to come to him and fully trust him and fully love him. Because once they understand his love for them... That will do it. That that creates that trust that has been broken initially. That's right. Next week, we'll head into week two of the books. Boy, that half hour went fast. Yeah, it did. <laughs> Steps, to Christ, Steps to Christ Recovery Edition. If you'd like to get a hold of the book, you can give us a call at 916-645-1297. And remember, folks, there are only two ways to live your life. One is like nothing is a miracle. The other is like everything is a miracle. And you have the freedom to choose. Do I love my Thank you for listening to Freedom to Choose in the series Questions from Prison. There truly is hope for anyone whose life is in addiction captivity. Whether behind walls or not, Rich and Susan are living testimonials and they've created this seven-step, biblically-based handbook and a recovery workbook to move those you love toward freedom. If you'd like to order the Addiction Recovery Workbook for someone you know or if you're a member of a church and you'd like to create a ministry in the area of addiction, Rich and Susan can help you get started. Please call Rich and Susan at 916-645-1297 or go to justasiamministries.com. As a nonprofit, they're supported by people like you. Call 916-645-1297 or go to justasiamministries.com. Thank you for listening. And remember, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you.